Hi, this is Melissa Kainor with Pioneer Today, and I'm so excited to talk to you guys today with Diane Devereaux from the County Diva. She is my um, co-host over on the Survival Mom Radio Network, and we're going to be talking about winter canning today, using our canning in winter to help with um, meals and survival and emergency preparedness. And last week on Pioneering Today, we talked about seed starting, starting your seeds indoors to get a dump on your summer gardening and to lengthen your harvest time, especially for those of you who live like I do, where we have a shorter growing season. Um, starting your seeds indoors is a great way to increase the length of your harvest. And I have a very special thing going on right now on MelissaKinoris.com. We are doing our annual heirloom seed giveaway. Uh, we are having 11 different seed prize packages. And it's sponsored by both myself and one of my favorite seed companies, Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds. Um, so with all heirloom seeds, which means, of course, that you can save your seeds from year to year. Um, they are non-GMO and organic. And so I would love to have you jump over there and join it. And I'm really excited too because I get to share my story of the two strains of heirloom seeds that have been in my family, um, as far as I can tell, for about 100 years, at least four generations back. And I also am getting away packets of those seeds as well that we have saved. So that runs from March 5th to March 19th of 2014. So go on over there. As I said, we have 11 prize packages for you to enter the giveaway and win. Um, and I would love to know that some of my listeners are over there. And now we're going to get back to today's episode um, with Diane and I. So I'm excited today to introduce um, someone that I share uh, some co-host with over at uh, here at the Survival Mom uh, Radio Network. Her name is Melissa Norris. She is with Pioneering Today. Uh, her website is Melissa K. Norris, N-O-R-R-I-S dot com. And one thing that um, I found uh, that caused me to gravitate to Melissa is uh, not just the fact that she cans, but how she enjoys getting creative and utilizing her home canned goods to make delicious meals for her family. And um, we're excited today to team up and talk to you a little bit about how we utilize our home canned goods, especially now in these winter months. So, Melissa, welcome. Hi, Diane. Yeah, I am so excited um, to be on your show today. Canning is a huge passion of mine. Um, I feel like we're just two little peas in a pod there with that. Um, and so I was really excited when I joined the Survival Mom Radio Network um, that I got to be here Fridays with you as co-host. So um, I think God had a little plan in that and we'd be a good match. I agree. Yes, thank you. And I'm so happy we're finally talking together and actually collaborating on something that we truly have a passion for. And you're right, it's a God-given passion. And I'm excited to be able to be sharing the knowledge that it sounds to you, we're in the same boat. You learned it as a child. I learned it as a child. It's something that we have, have had in our lives, our whole lives. 
Um, and for those who haven't, we can share this knowledge and give them give them tips and ideas and recipes and ways in which to uh, save money. Watch what you know they're ingesting. And in your case, you've had a, a little situation yourself this winter. I'd love for you to share with everybody because you were able to exemplify how to use your home canned goods this winter. Uh, I don't want to steal your thunder. So tell us what happened recently and how you were able to use your home canned goods. Yeah, well, we actually live in the foothills of the um, Cascade Mountain Range um, in Washington State, in the Pacific Northwest. So we haven't had a ton of snow this year, but we actually had a big um, snowstorm roll in this past weekend. So in 24 hours, we got almost a foot of snow, and our power went out. Um, and when our power goes out, not only is our cook stove is electric, but we um, have our own property we raise um, a small herd. We have about seven head of cattle right now. We raise um, our own grass-fed beef. And so we're on our own private well, but unfortunately when the power goes out, I don't have a water source. So that's kind of a, a big, the biggest thing for us. But we have a wood stove, so the power went out. Um, it ended up being out for over 24 hours, but thankfully we have a wood wood stove for a heat source. So it's always by there. But um, it went out about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's kind of, you start to read the weather patterns, and I kind of thought it was going to go out. And so, I might feel like I was not been to run out in the weather on the roads with all of that. And so, I went to the pantry, and um, I had canned up a whole bunch. We grow, we try to can and preserve a lot of what we grow ourselves, because, as you said, frugal-wise, it's a growing it yourself, reusing your jars. Um, all you have is, you know, the cost of your lid, which if you can get those on sale is maybe 10 cents a jar total cost. Um, you can't get much frugal, more frugal than that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, so I had canned up a whole bunch of beans this summer, so, um, shelled beans. We call them October beans. Um, they're a bean seed that my family has been saving for the past four generations. Um, and they make a great, they're kind of... Um, I've seen a different seed catalog, kind of like I think what would be similar to a cranberry bean. So they're, um, when they're ripe, they're fairly large, and then they're red with little white specks and streaks through them. They're kind of a dark red. They're really pretty. Oh, yeah. Um, but they're excellent as a dried bean. Um, and so I had canned up a whole bunch. And one of the things I love about, I know a lot of people sometimes think it's funny, like, well, why would you can a dried bean when it's totally shelf-stable when it's dried, in it's dried form? But for us, when I don't have water, when the power is out, I need to be able to have something that I can open and put on the stove and cook without having to find extra water. Mm -hmm. So I pulled out my cast iron Dutch oven and threw it on top of the wood stove and used a, a jar of that and some canned tomato sauce and, of course, um, some some beef. And we I just picked up a big old pot of chili on the wood stove. It cooked for about four or five hours on the back just on a really low simmer and it was just it was perfect so we had that for two days until the power came back on because it was off for two days <laughs> but it was wonderful to know even if you know the power had been out longer and the roads were impassable that I had a huge stock of food you know canned up that was ready all I have to do is heat it you know, I don't have to worry about adding water or letting beans soak you know I had a ready available food source so that's one of the things that I love about canning is, especially in the winter, is we're told, you know, you're self-sustainable. We have a food source ready to go. 
So I was very grateful that I had canned up a large portion of beans to be able to use during that time. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. And I, I, we, before we started uh, t uh, taping, I, I had said to Melissa, I had said to you, you know, I... I feel so horrible that you went through that because I know what it's like to not have power. But at the same rate, how, how amazing to be able to go through a situation unscathed because you were prepared. And that's that's what it comes down to. Home canning, it, it is a lot of fun. It's very rewarding. There are cost savings. But when it when push comes to shove, it's, it, it is also a survival tool. And, and you made an excellent point that I had even brought up last night when I was um, – on around the cabin, we did a campfire chat. In a disaster situation, water is crucial for survival. And if you have a limited amount of quant quantity, and it sounds like with your well not working, you were you you had a limited amount of water, and you yeah. can't you can't give up that water to rehydrate those beans and then cook them. So the benefit right. of the home canning is it was already done. If you didn't even have a heat source, let's say God forbid there wasn't a heat source, you could have been able to open that jar. And eat those beans right out of the jar because they're already pre-cooked. So uh -huh. there is such a benefit. And, and oh, my gosh, you made me hungry talking about that chili. Would you share with, with listeners, um, is there any particular step uh, that, you, that um, you go through in home canning those beans? Obviously, you have to use a pressure canner. But do you pre-soak them or, and for how long? Yeah, so... So with my beans, because I'm taking them right out of the garden, so um, we we always call them October beans because in, in my neck of the woods, so to speak, that's when they're mature and that's when they're ready. So because I'm picking them fresh, they are still hydrated on the vine. So I don't actually have to pre-soak them like you would if you were buying up in bulk dried beans from the store um, because they're totally dried. Beans mine are coming right off the vine. Um, they're not totally dry yet, so they're perfect for canning. And some I do dry to save as my seed bean to plant next year. Mm -hmm. um, and then some I do use to keep as an extra dried bean if I don't have, you know, enough jars. I didn't get them all canned or whatever. I'll just let them continue to dry, and I can use them as a dried bean. But the majority of them I can. Um, but when I can them, because sometimes they are starting to partially dry on the vine, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So what I do is, um, as I can mine in quarts, because generally when I'm making, you know, I make a, a ham and bean soup with, you know, the leftover ham hock, if we cook a ham, I use it in chili, um, or even just like as a soup bean. My dad's, um, my dad's from Tarzil, from North Carolina, and he loves soup beans and cornbread. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'll just cook up a big old pot of beans with a little bit of bacon in them, um, and just serve it with cornbread. So I just usually can mine in quarts. That just seems to work the best size for our family. But what I do is I, I put them in, and I don't soak them, but I only fill the jar about two-thirds of the way full. Okay. And then I make sure that they're covered it with water at least by two to three inches because they will swell up as they're canning in the pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. And that way they're still submersed in liquid, and I make sure that I don't pack them tight because otherwise as they swell, then I'm not going to get a still because they're going to be pushing up against the lid. Um and I actually have a, a tutorial on that um, on MelissaKNRS.com under my recipe section. I have a Preserving the Harvest um, with my different recipes and tutorials on canning. Um, so if you want to look at pictures to see how full I fill the jar and what they look like before and after, you can actually see how much will swell up. 
but it saves me a lot of time because I don't have to worry about rehydrating and soaking them beforehand. Mm-hmm. I can just can them right then and there. Oh, that's a really good idea. And I want, I'm going to go take a look at that myself because I am really curious now to see what this bean looks like. It sounds beautiful. The coloring. And oh, the t- yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's really fun. And actually, our timing is perfect because I do every March. Um, I'm, like I, I might have mentioned this before, but I really love heirloom seeds because they allow you to seed safe. You don't have to buy Correct. your seed from the store every mm-hmm. year. And heirloom seeds are cannot be genetically modified. Correct. Don't like GMO products either. Um, and I have two. We have a, a green bean that my family has saved and just passed down from the generation. So I'm sure at least a hundred years back, we don't even really have a way of tracking how far back um, that my family saved these two strains of beans. And the other one is a Hill green bean. And when the the bean is young, you use it just as you would a regular green bean. Uh-huh. But if you let it mature, then the bean inside because is a white bean. Mm-hmm. And so then as it matures, if I don't get everything picked, then I just shell out those white beans and then I can them like you just put a regular white bean and then I'll use that in like white bean soups and chicken chilies and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's kind of like a dual purpose. Nice. Um, bean. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I've never ever found them in any seed catalog anywhere. So in March, I do a huge heirloom garden seed giveaway on my website, lostcanvas.com, and that's coming up, and I run it for two weeks. So if anybody wants to get seeds um, or excited, I'm going to be giving away as many packets as I can, which is usually between about 10 to 15 packets is what I'm able to, to save up beyond what we use for our own use. So nice. if anybody wants to check out those seeds, yeah, I'll be more than happy um, to have everybody come over to the giveaway and, and hopefully... Hopefully some of your listeners will win. Yay, that would be awesome. Wonderful. I would love for my listeners to win. Thank you. All right, well, Melissa, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, I want to share with you some of the ways in which I utilize um, some of my home canned goods throughout the winter. Uh, Thankfully, I have not lost power, knock on wood. Thank you, Lord. Rock on wood. Woohoo. Um, but there are still reasons why we're not, I don't want to be out there in that blistering cold. And if we can just hunker down and get through the cold weather together, I want to share with you the ways in which I do that and keep our family fed. For tan goods in the winter cold months. And even if you're not in that northern hemisphere as we are, I know that there's several areas throughout our, our country as well as the world that still experience you know, the lesser, uh, the hardening of the, 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 the months that gets a little colder. Sometimes the, um, the growing season gets a little stagnant. So no matter where you live, even if you're not buried under mounds of snow, there's a lot of wonderful purposes to utilizing your home canned goods to keep your family fed. And in God forbid, the instance of a disaster or a power outage, when things are pretty brisk. So um, Melissa just shared with us a delicious way in which she utilized her home canned dried beans. Um, or actually, in her case, hers were right off the vine. So she just she home canned her, her, her beans. Um, I want to share with you a way in which I utilize my meats. Now, I often get asked... Diane, how safe is it? You know, can I, do I have to use a pressure canner? Can I just water bathe my chicken for a couple hours? Will that, will that keep it safe? And 
Um, I know in some of my previous episodes on the Survival Mon Network, I have talked a little bit about uh, the do's and don'ts and why we have two methods of processing. So for those specifics, feel free to click back in the archives and get some canning 101 basics. But um, when it comes down to it, pressure canning is what opens the door to a whole new world of food preservation. And a lot of your hearty meals and meal starters are going to come from utilizing that pressure canner. So Melissa obviously pressure canned her, her beans. And for me, what I want to just briefly touch on is it's meat. So whether it's chicken or beef, um, I make it a point to raw pack chicken, for instance, in pint-sized jars. I definitely use a wide mouth because I, I want to be able to get that food out of the jar with a little bit of ease. Um, it goes in raw, and I don't add anything other than water. And that's, I guess, probably one of the another benefits of the home canning is I'm controlling what goes in that jar. I don't have to, I don't have to do anything other than the chicken and the water. I allow the pressure canner to do all of the cooking. So basically, once I'm done processing, everything is cooked and ready to eat. Now, in the event, uh, let's say, and actually I'm going to give you an example myself. In the event, um, you know, the weather gets cold and I had temperatures, the wind chill was wretched. I am not going to lie. I think this year is um, probably one of the coldest winters I have ever experienced in Michigan in my lifetime. And I know a lot of the news media has said that it's been record setting, not just in snowfall, but in temperatures. And I don't know about you, but I was not heading outside to, to run any errands, to go do any grocery shopping. No way. Um, I, my kids didn't even go outside to go, to go, um, sledding. I mean, it was just too cold. So what we did is, um, I grabbed, uh, for lunch, a couple jars of the chicken. Because it's already cooked, all you have to do is heat it through on a cast iron skillet. You can add some seasoning. My kids love the, that taco flavor, so I made them uh, add some taco seasoning and um, added some cheese and then pressed it between two flour tortillas, and that was just a quick, simple lunch. Um, you can also use that shredded chicken to make chicken salad sandwiches, chicken curry soup. Um, it even works wonders in chicken Alfredo. So there's a lot of wonderful things you can do with home canned chicken. I know I'm getting so hungry talking about all this. <laughs> um, but one of the dinners that was quick, easy, and full of protein was um, one of the beef dishes that I have canned. And I will take whole garlic cloves. I will cut up either a round roast. Um, you can do a chuck roast. There's no really wrong cut of meat. Um, if you have a higher fat content, obviously some fat residue is going to get left on the top of that jar. Not a big deal. Um, if you have a leaner cut of meat, you have to be careful of it not drying out because even though it's in water and creates its own broth, um, too lean of meat can, can get a little dry. So you, you want to add some additional items to it. And that's where some, you know, adding vegetables and fresh herbs uh, will help. Um, you could also add a touch of salt. Uh, that seems to kind of give it a little bit of, of flavor as well as um, adds to that uh, texture. So for what what I did is um, this summer when beef um, went on sale at one of the local Heffron farms here. I love their farms. They are all grain fed. They do not um, uh, over inject. Uh, they, they really take good care of their meat because they know one day we're going to be eating it. So I trust the farmers and that's where I get my meat. There was a huge sale 
and I canned about 64 pints of beef tips with whole garlic cloves. And this winter, when it was cold, and again, I just, I, I tell you what, I wanted quick, easy, because I stayed on the couch and watched a lot of movies with the kids. <laughs> and um, what I did is I boiled up some buttered noodles. Um, I went ahead and opened up a jar of home canned carrots. Uh, and uh, brought those to just just to a boil and shut those off. And in a large skillet, I heated up that beef, drained the noodles. I added the noodles, kept the broth from the beef, and uh, drained the carrots and added those. And honestly, it was quick, simple, and delicious because the meat was already pre-flavored. The carrots were already home canned, so it's just a matter of heating it through. And you don't have to add noodles. You can put it over mashed potatoes. I mean, there's so many fun things you can do uh, with just that one jar. Uh, for us, my kids loved the butter noodles, and it was kind of one of those comfort foods we wanted to have that day, given it was so cold. But there, it was an, an easy, simple recipe on a cold winter day. And then... I don't know about you. Do you can a lot of one-quart meals, Melissa? I find that having, for instance, you mentioned you made chili on the wood stove. Do you ever make chili and can your chili to just heat and go? You know, I haven't really done a whole lot of that. I, um, which I really should use and do some more of that because um, we, like I mentioned, we actually raise our own beef, so usually we keep a half of the of the beef ourselves. So I have a big test freezer, which we actually have outside, so when the power goes out, as long as it's in the middle of winter when it's cold out, um, if, you know, I don't have to worry about that meat going bad because it'll stay frozen, especially if it's not open. But um, I, I do want to can more. Actually, um, I'm doing the one yolk because as you were talking, one of the things that was striking me is not only is it is it frugal and in the winter um, it can be a survival thing, when it's food insurance, because not only in the winter time, but throughout the whole year, you know, our economy mm -hmm. is sometimes a little bit iffy. And so if you have all of this canned food put up and ahead, it really is like a type of insurance for if a hard time comes, mm -hmm. then you don't have to worry about finding money to buy your food because you set some aside and it's ready to go. But the other thing is, is, is busy moms that in the winter time, especially here where we are, could be because we hire chickens and we have cattle. Um, and in the winter time, that require, they require a little bit more care. <laughs> right. So, for me, having those can, home canned foods, like you said, what I'm having to do them is reheating. Mm -hmm. And I also work out the side of the home a little bit. I tell you what, it is like having, almost like having a built-in cook. Yeah. Cook free. Because all you have to do is you go, you open the door, and you heat it up. And it's, mm -hmm. and it's home cooked. You know, it's from mm -hmm. fast. It's nutritious. It's good. But I don't have to spend a lot of time because I've already done the prep time when I canned it. So I love it, too, for that aspect of saving me time as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that you can up so much meat. Because a lot of times people just think of the water bathing, you know, with the jams and the jellies and syrups. And we do that, too. But you, like you said, the pressure cooker canner opens up so much more possibilities. And one thing we did this winter that was really fun is... Um, when you were talking about meat, because we um, smoked and canned up a whole bunch of salmon. Mm, oh my gosh, my grandma used to do that. It was, oh, it's one of my favorites. I haven't done that in forever. Oh. Yeah, and it was great because for me, the wintertime actually canning is usually a little bit slower because like I said, I kind of do everything in season as we grow it. 
Um, but the salmon that we had got, we had just um, had vacuum packed and put it in the freezer. So then when I kind of slowed down with the garden harvest, then my husband, we just pulled out some fillets and would do, you know, about, um, we did about five wide mouth pints at a time. We would do a run and he would just smoke a couple of fillets and we wouldn't smoke them until they were all the way done. Cause like you said, the pressure cooker will cook the right. meat. So we just smoked them for about half the time that you would if you were going to just smoke it to eat it mm-hmm. so that it wasn't cooked all the way. And I noticed too, when you can the smoked meat, it kind of intensifies that smoky flavor. So even if you only smoked it for like two hours was usually if we were just going to eat it smoked, we would let it go about four or five. Okay. Um, it was just the right smoke flavor intensity after it was pressure canned. That's a good and point. Cut. Yeah, good tip. Thank you. Because, yeah, yeah there you don't want to overpower it and then remove the, the flavor of the fish. You want to have a nice balance between the smoky flavor and the flavor from the salmon. Right. And the salmon is fatty enough that there's a little bit of fat in the jar so it doesn't get too dry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've only actually canned, pressure canned and done it with salmon because uh, that's kind of where we live on, on the river here. We're able to get... Um, a pretty decent supplier of salmon, so we do that. Um, and, and then again, like you said, it's great. Like if you just mix it up, you can make like instead of tuna salad, you can do a smoked salmon salad or smoked salmon cheese dip. Mm. Uh, I just put it over a salad, um, some feta greens with some of the um, peach salsa that I had canned and then smoked salmon on a salad over this salad oh. And then, yeah, oh, and then I used it too. I did a, um, a kale and salmon patty. I mean, salmon patties and just try them um, in the cast iron skillet. Oh, that sounds so that good. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's just kind of, I love, you could just, you, you could do just canned salmon. You wouldn't you have to smoke it, but the smoking, it just adds a little, yeah. utterly, yeah, the just flavor. give it a little something extra. Mm-hmm, absolutely. My, now, my grandma used to do the pickled herring as well. That was something that was... I think that's more of a cultural thing from my family that they just, I think they, so. mm-hmm, they, they love. Now that's something I, I didn't really ever acquire a taste for, but I'll tell you what, um, there is a lot of health benefit to that. Not only are you getting the properties of the fermentation and the pickling, but you are getting omegas and things from, from the fish. So, um, now that to me, if I remember correctly, that still had a smoky flavor to it as well growing up, that pickled herring. So I don't know if they smoked it, then pickled it, or if they... They might have, because, you know, traditionally, before the invention of, of the, the mason jar, which I believe was 1858, I believe was the first mason jar was made. You know, before that, it was all pickling, salt curing, or, you know, mm-hmm. jerking, which is smoking right. over mm-hmm. a longer time. Mm-hmm. So they might have, that might be traditional. You're right, they might smoke it first in uh-huh. a way to preserve it. And, and then pickle it, pickle it to keep it even longer. Mm-hmm. Yep, because it always had a smoky flavor to it, and it was a, you know, we didn't have a smokehouse growing up, um, but we, I know that they they definitely did it. Actually, open fling, and then it's kind of like that old, um, oh, I don't want to say, uh, I guess you could say Indian, if you will. The way the way huh? they were taught, they just kind of like they did that teepee smokehouse. Uh, right, yeah, over the, yeah. right over the campfire, and I remember my grand. Right. Gosh, I was little. I'm glad I remembered that. But now I got to call my mom and ask her what she did. <laughs> what she do with that recipe? But um, um, I love hearing that you did the salmon because that that again we we need you listeners to 
just kind of open your mind to all of the possibilities of the variety of foods, even your wild game, venison and um, caribou and elk. Oh, There's, yeah, yeah. Elk. I had my girlfriend, actually. I was at her place a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we went on a horseback ride, and she had um, done up a whole, she's in a can or two, and she had done up a whole bunch of elk, and she made this fantastic elk because your elk needs a little bit leaner, and it was, she just had, you know, like carrots and potatoes, but, you know, good old-fashioned hearty elk stew, and she had canned up some of the elk meat, and it was phenomenal. So, you're right, a lot of the game meats are really, mm-hmm. yeah, they're good. Yep, I have several recipes uh, on my website, guys, over at canningdiva.com. Um, what I did this year for the hunters, especially, um, was provide recipes so that they could preserve their venison in other ways versus just freezing. And what I did when I created some of these recipes is I kept a lot of us wives in mind. Um, There's a lot of individuals out there that support their hunters, whether it's a brother, uncle, husband, but they just can't get past the gamey flavor of the meat. So one thing, one benefit to home canning these items um, is is you are a, you're you get to play with that flavor a little bit. And what I found, especially with venison and elk, is incorporating some of the variety of vegetables and herbs, sauces, and then even using my clear gel to create a little bit of gravy to it. Um, oh. It really allowed that gamey flavor to almost, I don't know if it evaporates or where it goes, but that pressure canner tenderizes that meat, cooks it thoroughly, and, and in, a, in a manner that isn't abrupt, so it's not getting dried out by any means, and it's not losing any flavor. It's actually enhancing the flavor. So definitely take a look um, for those of you that uh, hunt yourself or have spouses or family members that enjoy getting out there before the winter and uh, hunting their old wild game. Uh, home canning that is a phenomenal uh, way to preserve those those kills and enjoy them in the winter months. I mean, that's something I've actually got uh, a good family member of mine. Good, he's friend and family. I, I it's kind of like um, family by uh, what 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 would be the proper way of saying he's family. <laughs> He's family, but not by blood. Um, I was gonna say something funny, but then I got—I thought, well, yeah, adopted. That might not come back right. So, uh, but he had um, the the pleasure of getting three does this year. Now he froze, yeah, he froze one, but he's excited to bring uh, one of the three down to my place. And we're just going to have a whole canning session over the weekend. So I'm excited to share that that with you on Facebook and, of course, Twitter. And you know me. I'll be blogging about it. But um, I hope today, everyone, that you have enjoyed listening uh, to Melissa and I. Melissa, is there anything you want to add before I wrap up today's show? Because I, I really enjoyed having you on. Yeah, no, it was so much fun. In fact, I'm going to pick your brain on using the clear gel. Because I really use the clear gel and, like, um, my pie fillings. And that kind of thing. I haven't used it to create a gravy anymore. You said that. I'm like, oh, what a fantastic idea. I can't wait to do that. Yes. Um, That's what you're doing. Yeah, like a lot of the recipes um, that we were mentioning in canning again, you can um, jump on mostkianos.com. And I'm just like Diane. I love sharing the the photos and tidbits and tips as we're going along on my Facebook page and Pinterest and all that kind of stuff. So, 
Yeah, I can't wait to get over to your site and check out some of those game recipes. Oh, thank you, and me too. I can't wait. I'm excited. We're both starving yeah. now, everyone. I hope we. I hope that all of you are just as hungry as Melissa and I are right now. <laughs> We're gonna go swap some fun, yummy recipes. We encourage you to come do the same. Visit us both at our websites and, and of course, all social media. For listening today, this is Melissa pioneering today on Survival Mom Network. Can't wait to tune in with you next time.